Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I don't know exactly how this is going to come out, but I want you to know that I want it to come out in love. I want it to be, and I don't, I don't mean that like, oh my gosh, this is about to be intense. I don't mean that. What I'm saying is that I want everything that I have to say, no matter what it is, I want it to come out and be ministry to you. Um, and, and sometimes sometimes that looks like a check, that Holy Spirit's given me a check, and that's you know kind of what I come with. Or sometimes it just looks like a, a story or whatever it might be. And today it looks like a little bit everywhere, and I don't really know how to, to almost begin this. So... Um, but I just want to, I want to establish that, that I, I absolutely, I'm, everything that comes out of me today, I just want it to be in love. And I do believe that this message should challenge us, should challenge, uh, it should just challenge us. Um, we spoke about intercession and we've, we've, I, I want us to really understand, you know, when, when I talked about intercession last week, there are multiple types of prayers um, in the Bible, type, literal types of prayers. Like when you, you, you almost, it, it's almost challenged me to not just say to someone, oh, I'll be praying for you, you know, um, that there's, there's, a, there's a prayer, there's a groaning and travailing type of prayer, there's a prayer of thanksgiving, there's a prayer of intercession, and uh, we've focused on this intercessory type prayer, which is really genuinely, like, if you are going to say, I'm going to intercede on your behalf, you need to, you need to understand what you're saying. I don't want anybody to tell me that they're going to intercede, that they want to intercede for me that is not founded in hope and faith. Because what you're doing is you're saying intercession actually means to, to take one's place, to stand in the gap for someone and to pray for another, like as if it was your own circumstance you were going into. And a lot of times, Eva has experienced this uh, recently with a friend that was going, has been going through some things that she's told me, like, I feel what sh- I feel like this, this individual feels. And Yahweh puts it on my heart sometimes, and sometimes I just get up and I start praying for this person. And I, st- I just feel, I feel like it, it's, it's, not, it's not a forced prayer. It's not like, oh, well, I gotta get into my prayer room here and take some time to pray for this person. But so it, intercessory prayer is standing in, you stand in the gap for someone. You're saying, I, 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 I want to take on what you, and this is how we talked about the family. This is, this is the, uh, the Laodicea thing I talked about, that we've been joined. And Yahweh and Yeshua, what actually makes him, what, what he's disappointed in is the fact that sometimes he's given us these resources around us. He's given us the, the hot resource or the cold resource that flow together. But instead, a lot of times we want to act on our own behalf and, 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 we, and, we, and we end up, it's not, it's, that's when he says, I, and I vomit, I vomit you out of my mouth. It's a, it's, he's, he's describing the emetic that was Laodicea, the water source that came through it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to last week. Um, but uh, but I, I felt such a, such a thing about intercessory prayer. Lately, I've really felt this thing of, of, of this body coming together and standing on each other's behalf. I think that's what Yahweh's given us this, this body before. And if you think about my testimony this morning even, like there are some things that I, I, I could have probably sat in that car and had a headache the entire night. And eventually something kick in, I'd be okay. Um, 
but, but Yahweh desires sometimes to show us to have a testimony to give. And sometimes he just wants us to join with a family and someone else and another brother. And what this one thing I talked about was that the, the, the uh, importance of us being able to, to open up. You know, because we are quick to say, I'll intercede for you while we're walking through some major things. Or I'll intercede on your behalf and we've come into this place of putting on the mask of putting on the mask of the church. And, and, and man, I, I'm not supposed to walk through these kinds of things. So I'm just gonna say, man, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I'm gonna intercede for you while we're not willing to go and open up. And, I, and I've been thinking a lot of like, why don't we, what, what is the difficulty in opening up sometimes? Because we are. We, we do have that difficulty sometimes. We'd love to give the testimony, but we don't really like to give the, the walking through. And as a family, as a body of Christ, I believe we're meant to walk through. That's why there is intercessory prayer in the Bible. There is a day of trouble that uh, David talks about in, in Psalms a lot is mentioned, the day of trouble. And, and, and what do we do as people? So many times we go, well, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm great. Deep inside, I'm depressed, man. I'm, I'm going through it. I don't feel quite love. I don't feel quite the faith that I feel like everybody else is. And I'm struggling here, or my kid is going through this, or my family member, or my marriage is in trouble, or I, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. And we come into a place where we, we just feel like we just go ahead and let me close this up, walk through it. Um, I'll raise my hands when I need to raise my hands, and I'll go through the motions and stay in it. when he's designed us to walk together. But why do we close off? Because a lot of times when some, you ask somebody, how are you doing? You don't really care. It's two ways, right? We need to care for each other and care for each other's stories. Because it's like when we come up to somebody, well, how are you doing? Well, hey, I've got drug addiction. Struggling with that right now. Whoa, okay, I got <laughs> Golden Corral over there. I'm going to get to lunch right now. I'm, I'm hungry, so I'm sorry. I'll pray for you, brother. Or the fact that, we, that we're already so closed off. We're already shutting that down because we, we put out there, we, we, we manifest this thing of, 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 of that this is where the church stands, and if you don't stand here, then we're kind of against you. So why in the world would somebody, especially the millennial generation, the younger generation, who's already sick of being told what to do and how to do it, not saying it's the right attitude, it's just the obvious attitude, is that they don't want to come into church. They've closed off to this idea of church because it represents judgment in so many ways and, and kind of a fear thing that they don't really want to walk into in the first place. Because even if they come in, they might be the, the, the shiny new toy when they come in. And, but when they start to get real about where they're at, how many people are willing to go, all right, brother, let's go. I'm here for you. And whenever I wake up Monday morning, my prayer is going to be your prayer. Your prayer is going to be my prayer. We're going to walk this thing out together. And I'm not saying that we all do this, right? I just feel this on my heart this morning. As a, as a, as a charge to the, to the church, as a charge to the body, man, what are we for? 
You know, so many times in Scripture, best, especially the New Testament, when it talks about uh, any kind of judgment, when it talks about any kind of helping direct somebody or do anything or, 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 or try to get them out of sin or whatever else, it always usually starts with this. If a brother, it talks about the brother. So if, if someone within your family sins against you, then help them. And there's a lot of times where it challenges you not to judge because you're, you're taking something that someone else has walked through and making it bigger than some of your own things that you're walking through because they're the little things. They're the little things that are easier to cover up every once in a while. But you're the one that's struggling with this and you're the one struggling with this and I just don't, I can't, I can't relate to you. I'm not gonna walk through that with you. And we have our lines of division, but we don't have this saying of, of saying we're, we're for the one. We're for one thing, and we're called to manifest his love to people. And I, I, I think also we, we as, as even us, even us, this is, I'm starting to realize this for myself. Open book here. A lot of times the reason I struggle with how I receive how Yahweh sees me is because I've received Yahweh like I receive a man. Meaning, I think in the church, so many times we have these people that, that, that are leaders that get up and are enlightened or, you know, you feel like that. You feel like they have this thing, whether that be me or someone else, you know, and, and I'm not talking specifics, but I've walked through this whole thing in my, in my life of, of seeing different people, whether it be the apostles, whether it be, you know, uh, Damon or anybody else. And I've, and I've said, I see you and I know, I know, I, I, I just, I, I want to make sure that I'm right with you. I want to get myself right with you, but this is the thing about me, and this is the thing about other people that lead, is that Yahweh, Yahweh is not me, and I am a human being, and I can be fickle, and I can be angry, and I can be judgy, and I'm trying every single day to walk more in the light of Yeshua and recognize who I am and image forth that love. But make no mistake that Yahweh is not fickle and that Yahweh is good and that Yahweh is kind and Yahweh is not judgy. Yeshua himself got called a drunkard and a, and a, and a glutton and a lover of taxers and sinners because that's who he invited to the table. And I just feel like we have found such a way to, to, to disconnect with the world around us with what, what, what we are meant to influence and bring in and, and come in contact with and love and show forth Yeshua. And we've made these such dividing lines and we find things that we have to be against and we have to find things that we got to just tell everybody, well, pff, this is where we stand with this. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I might behold his beauty and inquire in his temple. Go and be the gospel. Go and be the good news to all of creation. Not go and judge the, go and judge the ones that aren't like you or that don't see. I mean, come on. Yeshua sitting at the table with the drunkard and the, and the glutton and the sinner and the tax collector is like us sitting at the table with the liberal and the lesbian here in the South. And I said that this is all out of love, I promise. 
I just want us to stop with the religion. I want us to stop. My heart is that we represent the king and not our own views. I understand. Look, I'm all about righteousness, but it's his righteousness that I'm about. And I'm all about standards, but I'm telling you, if we show forth, if we focus on the love and the kindness and we show forth who Yahweh actually is as a father and people start to feel accepted into the kingdom and understand that they can't get out of his love, that he designed them the way that he designed them, that he put himself and breathed himself in them, that Yeshua died for them and we could absolutely show them this kindness instead of the dividing line which prevents them from ever coming into full uh, repentance ever really fully coming into feeling they're accepted so many people come into the church and they do the prayer and they and they repent and we're we're good and then they don't have a lasting effect because they can never measure up to those that have been walking all along and we start to fall into the the prodigal son's brother mentality i've talked about this before no 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 no. you're not going to just put a robe and a ring on his finger heck no man you see what he was doing i've been sitting here faithful all day long I'm the son that deserves the ring. I'm the one. I've been faithful. I'm not going to throw a party for this guy who's squandered all that we had. I'm embarrassed about our family name because of him. But the father... But the father, who we were meant to represent in the first place, the owner of the robe and the ring, he's the one that has open, has open arms and is welcoming the son back. Not, I love Damon talks about this. He says, not the prodigal son, the redeemed heir. Not the prodigal son, the redeemed heir. Open arms, man. And, and, and I saw this last week of us, this, this thing of how we need to stop being so closed off so that we can open ourselves up to someone standing in the gap for us and that we can be a little more vulnerable to each other as a family and, and, and share what we're walking through and be real with each other and, and walk through this thing and not just say, I'm fine, but I'm, I'm not fine. I got, I got some things I need to get dealt with and I need you to stand with me because that's true faith, man. That's true walking. That's believing. It's saying that if, if, if I if I, if I share this with you and I believe that Yahweh cares about where we gather together, that things will change in my life. Yes. Not closing it off and praying, Yahweh, please take this away from me. And he's saying, man, I, 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 I want a testimony. I care so much. I want you to join yourself to Steve Skinner. Go up to him and just open some things up to him. And Steve Skinner say, man, I'm open to hearing it. And I want to walk with you, brother. And I want to see this thing through. And I'm going to rejoice. You know how we say, let's rejoice with those who are rejoicing and mourn with those who are mourning. How can you do that if you don't care? How can you do that if you don't really feel like they feel? There's such a disconnect. And it manifests in fear and jealousy. We might be harsh sometimes. We might be judgmental. I might be harsh sometimes, and I might be judgmental, and I might be unapproachable at times, but he's not. And I want us to understand that from leaders, not that you don't, man, pray for, pray for me, pray for Eva, pray for Damon and Aaron and all these men. Pray for these guys, and, 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 but, and, and understand that there's, it's, it's not easy 
just naturally to, to lead people and to deliver things out of your heart. So there's prayer there, but make no mistake that, that you have, you, the relationship is with you and Yahweh. And you could please me all day long and it still would not please Yahweh. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Let's open our Bibles to 1 Samuel 30. We good? I want this to challenge us, but I want it, I, I want it, to, I want it to just enhance our walk as sons and just see that place, man. It's, to me, it's freeing. To me, it's freeing to not have to decide every little situation and every stance in life, where, well, where do I stand? This is what I, and if you don't do that, pfft. and we'd say that we're not like that, but let's be real with each other. <laughs> We're shut off to a lot of things. So I, I just, I, I, this, this story, I was actually reading to Ben a while back because we were talking about this and it was a, it's a story I, I, I spoke on pr- uh, probably a, a year and a half ago, but it, it, as I was reading it to him about something completely else, it, it just started to minister to me again and I, and I see it in this, in this, uh, in the light of what we're talking about this morning and I, I want to share it with you. So this is, this is a familiar story. It's, uh, it's uh, David at Ziklag. And I want to uh, I want to read this to you. So, uh, chapter thirty, verse one. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day. The Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziglag and attacked Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city. So they were out in battle and they're coming back. So David and his men uh, came to the city and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Let's do our thing. Let's shift and go there. When is the last time you... You, you, you cried to where you had no more power to weep. Like you literally ran out of tears. I've heard people tell that story. I've heard people walk through those things. But they're talking about waking up, one, coming in one morning and seeing that, that their families, those that are closest to them, they're the ones that they love have been taken away. And this would be equivalent to having a massive kidnapping. You know, you see those things on Facebook or whatever in the news where it's like someone's missing and your heart just rips for them. You can't imagine what those parents are going through. Now think of these 600 men walking in seeing not only every single kid that they have, but also their wives and, and the ones that they love are gone. And so, so this, is a day, this is a day of trouble. This is a day of distress that they're walking into. And David's two wives... Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. I I want you to see the distinction here of, of how this response goes. Because your soul was troubled. Remember Yeshua, though my soul is in turmoil, what should I say? There's, a, there's an elevation above the circumstance. But, he, but, but, but a lot of people in that day of trouble 
choose a different route. It, it manifests in this anger thing. It manifests in this thing of like, of almost hate. It's, it's just like, man, how do I get this revenge? How do I do this thing? And, I, and I'm going to tie this all together, I hope, eventually. But I just want you to see these things that I've been pulling out. So the people spoke of stoning David because the soul of, of all who was grieved, uh, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord God Then David said to Abiathar, the priest Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. Here's the cool thing about this, because we've spoken about Abiathar before here, and and you might not remember, but Ahimelech, Abiathar is Ahimelech's son. And, And a story a few chapters before this, David comes to the place where he's running from Saul, and he runs into this to to the to a priest, and he says, uh, and he and he says, do you have any weapons? Do you have any weapons here? Which is so funny in contrast to a few chapters a little bit before that when he's facing Goliath. And he says, uh, actually David specifically asked for a spear or a sword. He doesn't ask for weapons. He says, do you have a spear or a sword? Which is funny because a couple chapters before when he's fighting Goliath, I know I'm hopping around here, but just follow me. A couple chapters before when he's talking to Goliath, he says, he says, uh, he says, you came here with a sword and a spear, but I came here by the word of Yahweh, by the name of Yahweh. That's David's response when he's before war. That's his response. You came here with a sword and a spear, but I came here by the word of Yahweh. Jump a little bit further. He's in this place with Ahimelech, and, Ahim- and he goes to Ahimelech, and he says, I'm being chased, or he, I don't think he, he shows it, but he's, but he's being chased, and he says, do you have a sword or a spear? Man, that's so like us. It's so, so, I don't, y'all can hide behind it and just sit there like, David. God, come on. But this is so us. Maybe I'm talking to us too much. This is so me. Mark Gerles, this is so me. In one season, in one day, I make the declaration, man, you came with the sword and the spear, but I ain't like that because I came under the word of Yahweh and there's such a breakthrough. And then not too long later, good Lord, I need a sword and I need a spear right now. But here's the powerful thing is that Ahimelech, the priest, says this. He says, the, the only thing that we have here, the only thing that we have available is, 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 is the sword of Goliath. The sword he used to cut Goliath's head off, his own sword. We have the sword of Goliath. It's there behind the ephod. There is Goliath's sword behind the ephod. Do you know what David says in that moment? Bring it to me. There's none like it. David literally had to go behind the day of peace, the day that he, the, 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 the moment that he was meant to put on the ephod, which the ephod for David, if you, if you do any study on the ephod, is crazy, but he, he, he used that as a prophetic manifestation of separating himself and elevating himself above the situation, a, a moment of giving it to Yahweh, a moment of saying, man, you, you came with a sword and a spear, but I come by the name of Yahweh. This was his ephod. He, he put the ephod on, ephod on later will learn about this but but in that moment in that moment he literally said i would rather go for the sword that brought me success in a day seeing that that was the thing that gave him success i would rather go around the peace way and i would go to the sword because that's going to serve me the best that's what finished the job and so he goes around and in ahimelech 
and, he's, and David's being chased by this man named Doeg that's, that's representing Saul. And Doeg, uh, to make a long story short, basically kills every single priest. And he talks not just, not just the priests around Ahimelech. He kills Ahimelech, kills all his sons that he had right there. He also kills the nursing babies. It specifically says he killed nursing babies. He killed, he killed all the sons and daughters, all the children, all the wives, all the, all the husbands. Everyone died. Abiathar, who is the son of Ahimelech, one of the sons, escapes. And you know what he escapes with? The ephod. And he runs to David. And David even admits that the reason his father's dead and all, those, all, the, all of those that were joined to Ahimelech is because of him, because of the choice he makes. But Abiathar stands true to what he believes he's called to do and he has the ephod and there's a moment where David is now uh, stuck, in, stuck in the city and Saul makes a statement, now we surely have him. Yahweh's delivered him into our hands and, and, uh, and David goes to Abiathar and he says, bring the ephod here. And it's a powerful statement, bring the ephod to me. What worked in one day will not get me out of today. I cannot draw that sword again because that's not going to, this is an impossible situation. You see, if I'm drawing the sword, that means there's a possibility I could get out. But if I'm covering myself in an ephod when people are coming at me with swords and spears, I've given that to him. And so he, he chooses the peace. He chooses the robe of peace in that day. And now we come back to this story in uh, David's day of trouble when, he's, when all of these men are in he himself, David himself is in the place of weeping and crying out and, his, and his, his family gone and everything being so stressful. I can't imagine. And, he's, and, he, and he turns to Abiathar and he says, bring the ephod here. Bring the ephod to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue the troops? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the six hundred men who were with him. And they came to the brook of Bezor, where those, uh, where those stayed who were left behind. We're in verse 10, if you are following along. But David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook of Bezor. So there was 400 that went. There were 600 altogether, 200 stayed behind because they were so weary from groaning and, 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 and in their pain, they were so weary that they just could not cross the brook. <clears throat> So then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and they gave him bread and he ate and they let him drink water and they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, to whom do you belong and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of, uh, of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. I wonder if, I don't know the timelines here, but I wonder if he fell sick when, Yah, when, he, when David went to the ephod. And Yahweh said, yep, you came here. I'm going to deliver him into your hands. And he starts to piece this thing together. I don't know, but it's a cool thought. <clears throat> um, 
14 says, we made an invasion of the southern area of uh, that place in the territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of Caleb. And we burned Ziglag with fire. And David said to him, can you take me down to this troop? So he said, swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hand of my master and I will take you down to this troop. And when he had brought him down, there they were spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing, <laughs> being of all, uh, because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine? These people took everything from me. My, my, my boys, my girl, my wife, and they're down there dancing. Just, I, I, I say these things not to be like, you know, whatever. I, I just, I want us to feel it. Feel these things, man. This is, feel it. Eating and drinking and dancing because all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines, from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from the twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 men who rode on camels and fled. How many men were with David? Four. And 400 men were the ones that escaped them. The statement is, Not a man of them escaped except for 400 young men, which leads me to believe that there was a lot more than 400 young men. And 400 men came in there, and it says that, so David recovered all the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Then David took all the flocks and all the herds that they had driven from uh, before those other livestock and said, uh, this is David's spoil. Now David came to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David, whom they also had made to stay at the brook of Bezor. So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. Then all, watch this, then all the wicked and worthless men. Wait a second. These were the guys that just came and dominated and got, all the, got everything back. But the Bible calls them wicked and worthless men because they said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except for every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart But David said, my brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us. Look how the two perspectives manifest. And when you come into a day of trouble, one was founded in hate and a sword. And one was founded in an ephod. Yeah, David did go and and destroy some, some things. You know, I'm trying to find a very kind way to say that. He did go and, and, and defeat this army, but he didn't do it based on the sword. He did it based on the ephod. He did it based on the word of Yahweh. The other men did it based on anger. And their response out of that time of, of, of not understanding is basically these men that were too weary, that they walked through the same dang thing. They were all weary. They were all they completely couldn't make it. They know how, how bad those men felt, and they just could not make it across the brook of Bezor. 
And they come back and, they're, and they're, they said, they, you didn't go with us. You don't get any of this spoil. And David said, let's not be confused with how we got this in the first place. You might have thought your anger just defeated, but remember, we let 400 men go. We are 400 men. All of the other ones we took down. And you might be good, but you ain't that good, brother. Here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing. The brook of Bezor. Bezor. The definition is joy and cheerful. It actually means the good news. These men were so beaten down that they could not pass over into the good news. They couldn't cross over the good news. They couldn't cross over in in hope and get across and make it. And when we come back from something, when we could, oh my gosh, that beautiful baby is smiling at me. Good news. There's a reason that the Bible sometimes brings these things out. There's a brook that they have to cross. Why do they make it such a big deal that it's the brook of Bezor that they cross in this time? Because it means the good news. It's a brook. He's, they're, they're showing, it's, it's showing that, look, we are the good news as, as believers. That we, we are the good news. And sometimes we have, the, we have the gate to that good news for people. We have the hope. But we're so quick to cut them off based on differences. And, I, and look, I get it. This might seem right down here. And you might feel like you don't. But I know that I do. So if I do, I know there's at least some people in here that do too. I disagree. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with you doing that. I don't agree with you being that way. And here goes my gate to the good news. So not only are are people closed off to coming to us because we already have so many differences, but we're closed off to hearing it because it doesn't sound like what I sound like. And all I'm called to do, this was the first message that Yahweh ever gave me when I spoke to this people, is that my goal is not to be a solution. My goal is to point them towards the source. And everything that I need flows from that. That's my good news. That's who I'm called to be. And if we've fallen in love, I just, I just, I just want to, I, I want you to hear this. God, so gorgeous. I want you to understand this. If, just really evaluate your heart. Remember the Bible says, above all else, what? Guard your heart. Why? Because literally everything that you do flows from it. And if you've opened that door to a little bit of judgment, if you've opened that door to a little bit of hate, if the sword's calling to you today a little bit, just a little bit, you open that door to your heart and he says, above all else, brothers, guard your heart. And I'm not talking about the little heart. I'm talking about your lab, your innermost man, the, the inner being of who you ab- absolutely are when we let just a little seed of that stuff come in. I mean, we need to focus on the love. And I'm not just saying that, well, we just accept all. I'm not talking about just throwing away standards. I'm talking about representing the king. If Yeshua walked like that 
And the thing that he hated the most was the mask. The thing he hated the most was the religious spirit. And that's what he came after to judge. And he welcomed everything else. And why should we, if we have Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me, then why am I manifesting the judge? Why is it my job to tell people where they stand, where they're wrong and where they're right? If they open that door to me and they want to talk to me and I want to, that's fine, whatever. Out of love, I can represent that. But man, I'm freeing myself in this house from the weight of trying to be right and wrong. What's right, what's right and what's wrong? How does this look for them and how does this look? Man, this place is about one thing have I desired. This place is about the kindness of Yahweh. This place is about the love of Yahweh. And that's what we manifest. And that might seem basic beans to you, but it's what's going to change the world. So it can be basic all day long, but your, my, my judgment and my hate for things and my disagreement is ineffective. And it might have been effective in a day with the sword, but today it's not. Today, I, I mean, I get myself wrapped up in the ephod and all of a sudden Yahweh, Yeshua starts to flourish within me. And the things that I start to manifest are things like joy unspeakable, joy that I, I can't even tell you why. Man, I, I manifest kindness. Let's go through it. If we're people of the spirit, fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, judgment, hate, no, not in there. Didn't, didn't, get, didn't get listed on that one. So don't tell me you're led by the Spirit and you're guided by the Holy Spirit, and you, and, and, but we're, we're going to divide lines. Well, why? well, here's the problem with that is he's called the comforter. He's called to bring love. He's called to bring the comfort of the Lord. He's called to, to, to do some things that actually benefit the kingdom and calls people, draws people to the heart of the Father to recognize who he is. And I just feel like there's a, there's a big misunderstanding and a big difference in the view of Yahweh and of who he is as a good father because we've put this gavel in his hand. Because we've made him fickle We've made him uh, indecisive and double-minded. We've made him uh, uh, so, so looking for something we can do wrong. And I've started to find that when I pray, when I intercede for somebody, the last thing that's on my mind is convincing Yahweh to do what he wants to do. <laughs> uh, but he desires us to prosper. He desires us to be the good news. He desires, he sent his son so that we could be this. So I, I just encourage us this morning, hey, uh, musicians, will y'all come back up here real quick, those that are left? I want to sing that Holy Spirit song one more time. But y'all go ahead and get ready. Um, and I'm going to read this thing that we read last week. It, it, are we good? Does this mean, like, honestly, I really, if someone say no, that doesn't do it to me. That doesn't do it for me. Say it. Good. I'm glad you didn't. Because I, the reason I'm, the reason it's, it, I want this to challenge us. It challenges, it literally challenges me. What? <laughs> Laughing? Goodness gracious, my baby girl. See, she knows about the joy. And we're, see, what we're going to do is we're going to raise a generation that doesn't know the God that we knew as a judge or that there's any hate or that there's indecisiveness, but they're just going to know, man, he's for us. He's a good father. And if I just focus on the one thing and I get in here and I walk in the relationship with him, he desires that I prosper. He desires that we heal. He desires that we walk in joy and gladness and kindness. And, and, he's, and, that, and that's who they'll know. They don't have to go back and forth of, well, 
I kind of did something wrong there, and, uh, and I know that um, Yahweh's probably kind of mad about that, but Yahweh, if you'll just please forgive me, uh, what can I do? Like, uh, please forgive me. I know I'm just filthy rags, and I'm, you know what? Take the filthy rags talk and get it out of here. For real, because I'm a manifest son of Yahweh. I have Christ who lives within me. There might be a day that we were sinners saved by grace, but once we walk into that, just like the prodigal son can't call himself the prodigal son anymore, we shouldn't call ourselves filthy rags and that we're just less than. Man, I'm created in the image and likeness of my father, and I have Christ, the same spirit that rose him from the dead, is living within me. So I'm sorry, I'm not going down that road. And we need to just be a people of love and a people of kindness and a people of joy and accept who we are and understand how much our words have weight and understand that when we speak that against somebody and we say man I draw the line right here and I'm going to tell you right now that's not right this is how it should look this is how it should be and this is the kingdom this is what this looks like really really why aren't people coming to church this generation is wicked and they don't know about church and they've fallen away from church no Obviously, 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 obviously. But God, if we came into this place of just showing the love of Yah that we've been shown, the grace that we've been shown, if that's what we manifest in this, in this earth, I'm going to tell you, if there's, there's the millennial generation or some of the younger generation, uh, it, it can probably identify because they've talked to friends and they know why they don't come to church. They know what it's about. And they can identify with this. Man, this is so real. This is what Yahweh's doing in the earth today. There might be a day, you don't say, well, there, was, there, wasn't a, there was a day of spiritual warfare and all that kind of stuff. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that that needed to be or that Yahweh you didn't use that and that wasn't real. I'm just saying this is so much greater because I can put my sword away and put on my ephod. I can sit in peace instead of war. I can show love and not worry about where I stand because I stand with him. I'm like, I'm like the angel, no. With Joshua, who are you for? You with us or against us? No, neither one. Where do you stand on this, brother? Nah, I'm not going that low. I'm not going that low. I'm not looking for a way that we cannot be dis- or that we can be connected or disconnected. I'm, I'm looking for a way that we can be connected and joined as a family. I'm looking for a way to show you what I got inside of me. I want, you, I want your life to be changed like my life has been changed. And that might manifest different and it might look different on you than it does me. And thank God that the kingdom isn't just this, just, just same thing. You go into a room and you're like, oh, that's exact, there's church. You can do that in a lot of places, not here. This is a diverse family. It's what it should look like. But there's a commonality and it's Yeshua. And stop standing in the place of, what he looks like. Let the realness of who Yeshua is come alive and start to show forth that in this community. Amen. <clears throat> Romans 12:2 out of the Passion Translation says, "Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think." Let that challenge you today because if that doesn't say Maybe it's me. I'm talking about those that think that this is the best message. That's awesome. That's exactly what I've been trying to say. Still, still, let there be a changing of the way you think. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you and be inwardly transformed by Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. In other words, 
would you stop with what you want and start to be open to the fact that maybe just what you want isn't what Yahweh wants. Maybe we need to look again at what is the will of Yahweh for today. God has a proper grace, uh, or has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would, I, uh, I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your own God-given faith and standard of measurement uh, as the standard of measurement. And then you will see the true value, your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. In the human body, there are many parts and organs each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into the one body of Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. Yahweh's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us a varying, varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, great. You must activate it your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others as well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it as often uh, often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then you may, uh, then may you prosper in your generosity without fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. We, that's what I want so bad for, for I believe this house is walking into that. Understand that I, I, I don't, again, I started this off by saying I believe this and I want this to come out in love. I want this to challenge us. It's challenged me. Um, and I believe we're working through this and towards this, but there, there is, uh, I think within, within me and within us that there's a, another stripping of that mask and another opening up. Vulnerability is not the same thing as susceptibility. We sh- we're supposed to be tender. We're supposed to be open. We're supposed to be open before him and before each other. Trust again, believe again. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate the glow of Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Y'all stand with me. Speak blessing, not cursing over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate those who celebrate. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in the spirit of harmony and be mindful as other, another's worth as you are of your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking you are too important to serve others, be, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humbled-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. 
Amin. This might sound too lovey-dovey to you, but this is the kingdom, man. This is the kingdom. This is today. This is the day of peace. This is the day of love. This is where joy comes from. And you'll never operate and never be effective in this day in the kingdom if you are still operating by the sword. If you're still operating by division and judgment, you'll be stressed. And if you, if you feel like you have difficulty getting in and feeling the presence and, and being rocked by the love and doing all that kind of stuff, I, I challenge you that it might be a sword issue. It really might be. It might be a sword issue. Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge. Believe that to God's righteous justice. For the scriptures say, if you don't take justice in your own hands, I will release justice for you, says the Lord. And if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness. I mean, this is, this is what David versus his men did. They went for revenge. He went with the ephod for your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience and God will reward you with favor never let evil defeat you but defeat evil with good if you do want to judge if you do want to put stuff out there if you do want to make dividing lines I love you when I say this please don't do it in representation of this house you have something to say to somebody that's uh, dividing and divisive please don't let the last, next thing that follows say I go to the Rock of Bay County I'm telling you because I don't want people to walk into this house and feel anything other than love and joy and peace and a family changing every single day and that really image forth who Yeshua is and what Holy Spirit does for us and what's starting to manifest in our lives. That's what I want here. And so I just want to make sure that as representatives of Yeshua, first and foremost, you should do that. But as representatives of this house, like, please. Amen? I promise I'm so happy today. I'm so filled with joy and hope. And I promise you that this is not too... Uh, to, to be like, man, I just gave this strong word to everybody. I, I do want things to challenge us, but I want that to happen every single day. And I want you to know that I absolutely love you and believe in this and believe this is changing within me too, not just you. I'm speaking to myself this day. I'm gonna go back and listen to this because I believe it's Holy Spirit speaking to this house and I'm a part of this house. So I wanna, I wanna, I wanna listen. So I love you guys. Thank you, Yahweh, so much for this day. Thank you for your presence this morning. It's been sweet and beautiful and amazing. And it's changing my life even right now. I speak Yahweh. I speak protection. I speak joy. I speak peace. I speak your love. I speak kindness. I speak gentleness. I speak self-control, goodness, and faithfulness, and love, Father. We, we thank you that you've given us such an amazing love that we can express that to those around us, Yahweh. And we, we love you, and we love every single day to do your will and to walk with you in the cool of the day. Amen. You're welcome to go uh, or you can stay and listen. I just want this, this to play. I love this song. I just sing this this week, man. This is powerful. Amen. Love you guys. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. 
Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.